Kalanick. You're listening to the Tashi Station Book Club, the bright center in the universe for science fiction and fantasy literature discussion. I'm your host, Nancy, and joining me this month are Bria and Nick to discuss Bloodline by Claudia Gray. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. And we also have Brian here playing audio engineer and chiming in occasionally. Yes, I will be the uh, Roz on today's episode. Yes. Not Roz from Monsters, Inc., but Roz from Frasier. Although you can be Roz from Monsters, Inc. if you want. Wazowski! Very good. <laughs> I set you up for that. <laughs> and we also have Bria on. Hey, Bria. Hey. And first time, I'm surprised we haven't had Nick on before, but we have Nick on. Hello. And Nick, you said this is your first podcast, so we'll be very gentle with you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's okay, Nancy. <laughs> and um, we... I chose uh, Bria and Nick to come on to discuss Bloodline because they are the preeminent um, Leia Organa experts um, and Alderaan aficionados, and um, they just generally really like Alderaan, and they also run the House Organa shop, so I figured they would be the best people to talk about this book for some reason. Talk about it or cry a little about House Organa? Why not both? (laughs) Okay. Let's be honest. We brought you on more for the latter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to deliver. All righty. So before we get started, um, so because there are people who are participating in the book club who aren't as well versed in Star Wars literature, I thought I'd give a little short, short background of Star Wars literature for those who are new. So, um, the expanded universe is generally what people call all the books and comics, video games, everything besides the movies and TV shows of Star Wars. And prior to 2014, it all kind of fit together in a sometimes jumbled up continuity, um, but they pretty much try to make everything fit together. But when they, um, when Disney bought, uh, Lucasfilm and they decided they were going to make new Star Wars movies they um, knew that they wouldn't be able to fit in the 20-30 plus years of stories um, that took place after Return of the Jedi um, and so they took all those books and deemed them legends in that they sat in their own little alternate universe um, um, but they're still being produced and they just have a legends banner on them. I, I mean, they're being printed. They're not continuing with that timeline. But um, so this bloodline is in the new canon of books. And it is the I think it's one of the closest to the timeline of The Force Awakens. Uh, there was a Before the Awakening, which is a children's book, which takes place like right before it. But this is the adult book that's closest in the timeline. So that's kind of a background of Star Wars literature. They're they're still kind of have a clean slate leading up to The Force Awakens. And in the old expanded universe, um, they never really had a big storyline where people found out that Vader was Luke and Leia's dad. Um, It kind of like got revealed in in a few books and then all of a sudden the whole galaxy knew. So this is one of those stories where I thought they could definitely um, go back and kind of fix one of those missed opportunities of the old EU. And I think they definitely um, 
hit it out of the park. So um, I'll go on to our initial reactions and um, Bria, I will go to you first. <laughs> so just played initial reaction, no real deep analysis. What were your opinions of the book? The two hours and 10 minutes I spent reading this book were the most magical Star Wars experience I've had in a very long time. <laughs> um, I think I had to put the book down several times and just flail mm-hmm. and pick up the phone and DM someone who I knew and read the book and go, oh my God! And then cry a little more about how is Zergana and Leia and the Skywalker family. And I really, really loved it. It's also tragic, but so good. So good. <laughs> uh, Brian, I'll go to you. Uh, you listen to the audio. Yeah, I actually uh, absorbed this through uh, audiobook since Random House was nice enough to send us a copy. Um, the eight to ten hours I spent <laughs> listening to the audiobook were really, really good. Um I, I was pretty much grabbed from start and was engrossed through the finish. Yeah, and the audiobook is really well produced. I haven't re- I haven't listened to any of the other Star Wars audiobooks, but I know a lot of people do. So um, if you um, if you find yourself you know wondering about audiobooks, definitely pick it up because I uh, I listened to some of them too, and they were really good. Um, so Nick, going on to you. Um, you know it's you know after reading this, I really tried to find anything to be critical about and had a really hard time with that. Um, You know, there's really nothing in this book that I didn't like or love. Mm -hmm. Um, My reaction was pretty much the same as I read along. I had to stop a few times and kind of like giggle to myself or, (laughs) you know, try to keep myself from throwing my um, Kindle across the room, you know, depending on what was going on. I just loved how, you know, it really grabbed the reader from start to finish. And it there really wasn't a dull moment. And that's one of my favorite things in, um, you know, a good Star Wars book to me. That's, you know, like what it means to be a, a great Star Wars book is to really kind of capture the same thing in the movies where you kind of start at point A and you end up at point Z and... It was just a thrill ride the entire time. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I I loved the book, obviously. Um, I, I feel like I, while I definitely connected with it emotionally, I think this is more of an academic love for me, if that makes sense. Like, I really love how the book was put together and, like, the craft of it, as well as the story. But it, I'm really impressed with the way Claudia Gray writes. She... She does a, such a good job and like puts in little details that seem inconsequential and then they come back at the end to have like a huge impact. And I'm mm-hmm. really, really impressed with how she does that. Um, I, I, I thought the way they handled that reveal was pretty much, I, I was dreading it and then it ended up being way worse than I thought it was going to yep. be. <laughs> um, but perfect because like I said, it wasn't, really addressed in the the in legends and that is and you know to be fair it was kind of hard to do that because there wasn't as much coordination at the beginning and then also you didn't have the um 
the benefit of knowing about Padme yet um, when those books were being written. So um, I, I'm really glad that they gave that the, the importance it deserved. And also that one of the first post return of the Jedi books that we're getting is about Leia. Um, yes. Because <laughs> I, you know, there were, there were lots of books and legends that had great Leia stuff, but never really a book all about her. Um, and you know, Razor's Edge was a, was a good Leia book, but there was a lot of Han in it too. And one of the reasons I loved Bloodline is because it's really Leia by herself in the Senate, in her element. And you get to see what makes her awesome. So and haters to the left. Yes. Haters to the left. Yeah. I, I, I know a lot of people have said before that um, a political book, Star Wars book would be boring. And I would just like to be like, <laughs> suck it. We're wrong. You were so wrong. It's not boring. And I like that she let, you know, there was a lot of action in the story, but she let it also be quiet too. But but you don't understand. Star Wars is for boys, and boys aren't interested in girl characters or political plots. Go, wait, wait, go hold away. on, hold on. How can they not be interested in political <laughs> plots when politics is ninety eight percent white men? Shh, don't be oh, logical. Shh, you can't. Sorry, no, I'll turn the logic off. No applying logic to this <laughs> to this argument. Okay, but the girls are doing the politics, so therefore it's not good. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fine. So, so the book is kind of divided into several sections. Um, and I thought we'd go through the plot. Um, so it starts off with the Senate, with introduction to the Senate, and we see it's kind of um, awful. <laughs> um, there's uh, there's uh, one of the tw- uh, Twilight emissaries who uh, is a character from Lost Stars, which is Claudia Gray's book, um, comes in asked the Senate for help uh, tracking down this um, mob boss guy named Rin Riven D, which when I was talking about the book on um, the Western Reaches podcast, we discovered that Rin Riven D is the worst name to say out loud. <laughs> See, the first time I heard that, I started singing myself, Rin Riven D, Rin Riven D. <laughs> oh, God, Rin stop Rin it. Rin. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> so we get this... Uh, this mission to Bastatha, which is hard, also hard to say, uh, it lasts kind of like it's the beginning part of the book and kind of like is the whole inciting action. Um, and it's it's for me, it was kind of slow, but it was also nice because you got to know the characters and, um, you know, ease you into the action. Um, and. I, the whole scene with Leia playing Sabak was pretty amazing, and I, if anything that this book gave us, Leia playing Sabak was one of my favorites. Yes, <laughs> and then buying drinks for everyone. Yes, <laughs> like well, that's not the first scandalized. time she's done that. Yeah, I'm totally not. And um, the thing I loved is that she was like, "Yeah, Han and Lando taught her to play Sabak, and like now I want a short story where th- where that happens." <laughs> Yes. Because I could see them being like, no, no, that's not a good move. No, Leia, you got to do this way. And then she'll be like, shut up and leave me alone. Oh, or even better, even better, a short story where she gets Lando to teach her how to play Sabacc and then just completely drops it on Han one day and is like, sup, man. Yes. I know how to play Sabacc. That is better. I want to see that. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, 
so we've got that section of the book. And then when they come back and her and uh, Ransom kind of tell the Senate what's been going on, um, uh, Lady Carice comes up and says that they need to have more authority in the Senate and proposes an election of a first senator. And of course, all the people in Leia's political party decide that she is the best candidate, which is true, but she is not happy about this. No. Do we ever find out who the centrist candidate is? Or did I just forget? No, because I don't think they had settled on one. Ah, okay. Yeah, because I just reread it and they kept, I know Leia was talking to Ransom at one point about um, who their candidate might be and like, kind of reflect they kind of were reflecting on the fact that it was funny that the populace had managed to pick a candidate right away while the centers hadn't yep so so. um um so we've got that plot line which is kind of interwoven with the rest of the mission where they track the maxine warriors to um daxum four and we also have the side trip that Joff and Greer take to um, Parmoth uh, to find out some more information. Best side trip ever. <laughs> what, space Scotland. Yes, Space Scotland. I'm, I'm imagining like, you know, the the end scene of The Force Awakens is that's kind of what Parmoth looks like. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're close by. Maybe. Possibly. um so we've got more of that mission and then the real meat of the story hits which is um, anguish sobbing yes so um you know while the rest of the 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 rest of the mystery plot is is well written i think you know the price of admission for this book comes with the scenes in the senate where leia where it's revealed that vader is leia's father and that um and then when her she speak she speaks to the senate and like acknowledges and kind of tells her story um and is betrayed she is um by the manipulations of the trash princess carice <laughs> <laughs> so going around the horn nick uh your reactions to that scene what really stood out to me was how realistic it felt and that you know she you know, obviously lost the respect of so many fellow politicians. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I loved how um, Claudia Gray put in the part about how the New Republic doesn't hold the ch- children of like war criminals accountable, which I thought was um, a really was, you know, a really great um, tidbit to throw in there because I'm sure you know, there's people who might be reading this and thinking, oh, my God, so does this mean they're going to kick Leia out? And no, I mean, of course they're not. That wouldn't be fair. But, you know, she's still going to, you know, lose um, lose her um, reputation, her authority, everything like that. But I really liked um, that part because it was kind of like a checks and balances thing. Right. Um the part that um, really gripped me the most was Corey's reaction to it. Oh, God, oh, yes. I, I love her to death. And um, that just broke my heart because I think, you know, everyone can kind of relate to being a teenager and seeing, like, 
seeing that your hero does have flaws or does have a big secret and you don't want to be associated with that. And, um, you know, later on when she apologizes to Leia, I just loved how understanding Leia was about it and how, you know, it's kind of like, you know, water under the bridge to her. Yeah. And um, it just makes the Hosnian Prime scene Force Awakens ten times worse. Yes. Sweet little Corey. Um, all blown up. Yeah. Baby. Um, and so going from that, um, you know, once Leia, like, goes back to her office, I also loved how, like, Joff and Greer are kind of like, okay, let's um see how this plays out. You know, they're, um, you know, they weren't as, you know, visibly angry as Corey, but they're also just like, oh, my God, did this just happen? Yeah. And, um... And, of course, I'm dying to know what was in Leia's message to Ben. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Like, We're going to talk about that later because. Okay. okay. I'll <laughs> wait. But, yeah. Yeah. But I just, um, you know, I just loved how Claudia, like, just, just wrote about Leia feeling completely alone, you yeah. know, and that she wanted the three men in her life. She wanted Luke and Han and Ben to be there and they couldn't be. And so all, so she just had her staff who were, like, completely, like, oh, my God, look, we have to walk on eggshells. And then Corey, who's, like, bye. Peace yeah. out. Yeah. I um, – that was one of the things that I knew that Claudia Gray set up that paid off so well. Like, when they were calling her Corey, I was thinking, oh, okay, that must be, like, her nickname. And then as soon as that scene happened, I knew exactly what she was going to say. And then w- when she said it about her name being Core, I was like, oh, because oh, that's such a thing that a, a young girl would say, you know, and would just knife you in the heart. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, they really do handle teenagers well in the new canon, like more yeah. so than before. They actually feel like teenagers. Yeah, I um like Nicole, I one of the things I really liked was how like you could feel Leia's despair on the page. Like leading up to it when she's thinking like he knows. And which was a reflection of Lady of Lady Crease earlier on saying she or someone I think she was saying he knows or something like that. Um and then her thinking, well, how the hell could he know? Like she hadn't even told, you know, she'd only told Han and like she had, she hadn't even told Ben and how did she know? And then just like. They're, they're using both of her fathers against yes! her. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, oh. that was terrible. <laughs> and the fact that they played that message in the whole Senate for everyone to hear, it just seemed like such a betrayal. Oh, I'm pretty sure from chapter 19 to 24, I just spent the whole time screaming silently. Yeah. Because, I mean, you start out with the freaking Moonbright lullaby because Alderaan only had a moon for one day and then they blew up. And then you go to like everything with her revealing and it's just, and to top it off with like her talking to Ransom and him being like, oh, well, they deserve to know. And her just royally ripping him a new one. Yes. <laughs> he just deserved it. I just, um, so much anguish sobbing. 
Yeah, I um by the way, um apparently uh I think Pablo might be the person responsible for that line for the whole part about Alderaan not having a moon. <laughs> Of course he is. Thanks, Pablo. <laughs> because God. because I, I think he was the person who noted, oh, hey, uh, I don't know if this works. He's Alderaan never had a moon. Except for one day. Of course Pablo would <laughs> Come on. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the part that really um, pissed me off was when Leia is talking later on and explaining like what you know, the history of her family and kind of like when she found out about Vader and all that. And that, um, then her saying, um, you know, talking about how, you know, Luke, Luke was the one who found out. And then Lady Curry's getting up and being all, well, um, maybe, uh, we don't know anything about Luke Skywalker lately. He's been out of the public light. Maybe he's been influenced. And I was like, bitch, step <laughs> off. I think you texted me at that part. I did. Be- I think I got to Oh, hell no. Yeah, because you do not fuck with the hero of the rebellion, people. Like, and it made me really mad because, like, I was like, Leia put her life on the line. I don't know how many times for the rebellion and you're gonna like just be like, oh yeah, she was with Vader the entire time. Um, no. <laughs> I think um, about Luke. So yeah, really- it's Sorry. like the whole part with Luke. I was just and then Leia's reaction and how her saying like, you can't take Luke down too, and how could you know she couldn't let this happen to him and defending him and saying he saved the galaxy, blah blah blah. And I was like, yeah, Leia. Yeah, I think yeah, it, it was... reaction um, after that comment about Luke really shows, like, you know, one of the strongest parts of her characterization where she doesn't take time to lick her wounds. She just stays up and yeah. keeps fighting. She's not, like, going to get all, like, weepy. She's just going to immediately get defensive about her brother. Yeah, and it it really, it was such strong, like, characterization because, like, one of the first interactions she has with Luke is comforting him about Obi-Wan dying, even though she's just lost her planet. And like so many people have been like, oh, you know, like Leia, Leia's all up there comforting him. And, you know, she lost her planet and everything. But it's like, but that's what Leia does is Leia comforts everyone else when she's feeling terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm related to that. One of the lines that killed me in this book was the one where I think Ransom's being a jerk at some point. And then she goes and she goes off and like locks herself in her room and then doesn't let herself cry over Alderaan again. Oh, She's like, yeah. I'm not going to do it. I've already cried too much. And yeah. I was like, Leia, I know, maybe. That, I know. That was so sad. All right. So after that whole thing happens, then we've got the final uh, mission to Sabensko, which after the whole parentage thing almost felt like kind of an afterthought. Um but it was good to see that Leia was still taking action even after like what had happened. And of course we got the awesome scene of Han swooping in and saving the day. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And then the problem is that, and, and then we get the whole thing with ransom being set up, which is so upsetting. And, God damn it, Carice. Yeah. God damn it. So 
unless anyone wants to add anything else about the plot, I think we can move on to the characters because I think everything else we want to say is flailing over well, the characters. I, I will say as far as the parentage reveal goes, I, I, I think that the reader all knew that that was going to be coming. So the whole thing is contingent on how well Leia's internal monologue works. Yeah. And credit to, all credit to Claudia Gray, she knocked that out of the park because that scene could have fallen flat, but because the inner monologue worked so well, it wor- the scene was flawless. Yeah. It was definitely... I, I, you know, I was expecting it to be bad, and it was worse. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt so bad. It did. So, also, I want to know why the hell Star Wars authors seem to be choosing Chapter 19 to unleash their pain on us. <laughs> because first Chapter 19 of Mercy Kill, now Chapter oh, 19 in God. Bloodline, and yeah. I object. Still not over Chapter 19 of Mercy Kill. Who is? I will never be over Chapter 19 of either one of these books. <laughs> oh, so, Leia. Let's talk about Leia, our lovely I space Leia. princess. I think that I was a huge fan of Martha Wells' interpretation of Leia in Razor's Edge. Like, I was very vocal about that. I am still very vocal about it. Claudia Gray did just as well, if not better, with nailing every aspect of who Leia is. And that just made me so happy. (laughs) Like, from how she responded to, you know, the whole parentage reveal, like you said, about protecting Luke, to how she would... in. I think both mentally and verbally, she referred to Bale as being her real father, which Mm -hmm. just got me in the feels so much Uh, to how, you know, she just handles things. And then even to how the moments of weakness that she allows herself. Um, Oh, and then to uh, being complete and utter troll and wearing a Vader-esque dress to a reveal. That was like everything that she did with Leia just felt like Leia, but logically moved up like two decades, and I loved it. Two decades later, Leia's shade is just that much more refined. <laughs> yes, yeah. no more nerf herders. Just oh, I'm wearing a Vader dress with I, a cape. You I know. Got a problem with it? I'm wondering if, uh, I'm wondering when exactly she wrote that because I can't help but wonder if she was inspired by the her universe dress. <laughs> Which we wrote that because it's just too perfect. Leia shops at her universe. (laughs) It is her universe. She has a Vader jacket. Yeah. She wears it around everywhere. Yeah. Uh, She has the Kylo jacket. No. Yeah. She keeps it as a memory of her son. (laughs) Kylo has the Vader jacket. (laughs) That little shit. So what do we think about Leia? I mean, this is kind of like going into also like The Force Awakens, but Leia being strictly politician and not Jedi. I've spoken out for it before because I kind of like her and Luke doing separate things. um, And I like that the political arena is like hers and where she excels. Um, I do like the way that Claudia Gray kind of portrayed her subconsciously using the force throughout the the book. And I think it shows that she doesn't need that training or to be a Jedi to be awesome. Um, but I know I, other people I've seen have been disappointed that she's not more trained. So I was wondering what you guys thought of that. Um, I agree with you, Nancy. I could not be happier 
that they've taken this route of not making her a Jedi, but still making her obviously um, a Force addict. It reminds me of um, Elle Woods in Legally Blonde. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I got into Harvard Law. What? Like, it's hard? Like, of course I use the Force. What? Like, it's hard? I'm so happy a Legally Blonde reference was just made. Oh my god. That's I'm not perfect. laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. I promise. It's perfect, though. It is. Right? Because, yeah. I mean, you know, it's always bothered me about Jedi Leia, like, whenever, you know, that concept is used in fandom, is that I always get the impression that it's not Leia's choice, mm-hmm. that she's joining the Jedi Order because she feels like it's her responsibility, or that she's joining the Jedi Order because, you know, you know, regardless of what universe it is, because, like, her children, her family are participants. So she feels a need to, like, check it out, too. So I've always... I've always felt like it's... You know, it's kind of like... She doesn't want to be there. Yeah. She doesn't want to commit to an order. But I just love seeing her, you know, like you said, using it, like, kind of throughout, using the force throughout the plot. And it's kind of just, like, in addition to her many, many skills. And she does what she wants. And she doesn't want to be a Jedi. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it doesn't mean that she's any less badass. It doesn't mean that she's any less um, powerful. It just means that she's using the force in the way that she feels is best for her. Yeah, and I got the impression... You know, I've seen a lot of people say, why did she choose not to be a Jedi? Um, I got the impression there's that whole exchange when Ty Lin asks her why she never chose to become a Jedi. And she doesn't really answer him because she says it's like too personal. And she just says kind of like, you know, her obligation was to the Senate or to the Republic. Um, I, I kind of got the impression from other things said throughout the story that she might have been scared to become a Jedi or she just might not have been comfortable with having that power um Mm -hmm. which I think shows hella responsibility (laughs) and like her being cognizant of who and what she is and maybe like so the fact that Luke was able to see Vader come back from the dark side and Leia did not like I think that has affected the way she views the force possibly Yeah, because especially at the end of Return of the Jedi and, you know, like the early years of the New Republic, assuming like most of the force, the force use, force usage that she's witnessed has all been stuff like, hmm, Vader torturing her, Mm -hmm. Vader using the force to, you know, get Han's blaster from defending them on Bespin. It's, you know, except for Luke, her experience with the Force is pretty negative. So it makes sense that she won't want to really associate herself with that. Like, especially, you know, if like, like, I love discussion that compares um, Leia to Anakin in terms of temper. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like if she recognized that, it would be completely like the responsible choice for her to be like, you know, this is just one more thing that makes me kind of like him. I also wonder, I also wonder because I mean, I know we always hear, you know, Jedi are keepers of the peace, not warriors, but is that something that was necessarily ever communicated to Leia? Like how much, we don't know how much Bale ever really told her about the Jedi. Mm -hmm. So for her, I would feel like 
she would know the Jedi as being these warriors. And by the time she would finally have a a chance to like take a deep breath after the Empire is defeated at Jakku, maybe she doesn't want to become a Jedi because she's tired of fighting a war. I mean, she's been fighting a war since he was, what, 15, 16 years old? Mm -hmm. She's got to be tired of that. Yeah, and and the new canon seems to be going in a different direction drastically different direction as far as Luke is concerned in that he's not a public figure, which yeah. I love because I, I've always thought that the Jedi should not be involved with the government. And I'm glad that he is fixing the mistakes of the past in that way. Um, but if Luke is going off on his own and like researching the Jedi and kind of like building his own little temple wherever and finding followers, you know, Leia's like, all right, I am in politics. I can't go off and do your quest and I can't go off and train with you. I have to stay, you know, I have to stay here. Um, and like, I, that's, I, I like the differences between them, you know, yeah. that she, one is very public. One is very private. It, it fits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she was raised to be a yeah. public figure. I mean, yeah. At the end of, or by the time we get to bloodline, she's not as fond of it, Yeah, but I mean, can you imagine, like, not even just the warrior part by the time we get past Jakku, can you imagine the fact that she finally gets her chance to be a senator Yeah. for a functional republic? Well, moderately functional republic. <laughs> I mean, it's what Bale and Brea raised her to be. Yeah. And she finally gets that chance, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, you know, another thing with, you know, fandom Jedi Leia is I kind of hate the thought that, like, she finds out that, you know, she's related to Luke. She's related to Anakin. So all of a sudden she's like, oh, well, gee, you guys are interested in this. I guess, you know, I'll start caring about it, too. Like, no, she's going to care about what Bail and Brea wanted for her and her future. Yeah. yeah. Although I don't object to seeing Leia with a lightsaber at some point. No. Well, of course not. <laughs> I hope I hope that, you know, I, I do want her to have something to do with, you know, Kylo in the movies. I, I think it's necessary considering that she did not go along with Luke to confront Vader. Um, and I loved the scene at the end, near the end of the book, when she, after she talks to Ransom and she realizes that there's nothing she can do to help him and she gets the urge to like grab a blaster and shoot the guards. And she's like, this must have been what her father felt like. Um, And that was such a good revelation. And it was so necessary for what we see of Leia in um, force awakens and, you know, saying there's still good in her son. Um, And I really, I'm really glad that they put that in there. And again, it kind of like, you know, shows, yep, she's got uh, Anakin's temper there. Yeah. Although, can we quickly swap to the other side of her family? Because Mm -hmm. they so casually dropped in the fact that she found out Padme was her mother. Yes. And I really, there's a story there and I want to know how. Agreed. Like, Mm -hmm. there wasn't a birth record labeled, yeah, Anakin Skywalker, Padme, Amidala, Naberi (laughs) popped out two babies this day of the zero year of the Empire. Like, like, how did they find that out? I do wonder if that's a story that may be saved for a Luke and Leia uh, revelation. Man, that, yes, please. I need it. <laughs> I mean, do we think that, do we think that Mon Mothma 
knew somehow and told her or because there was that well, there was that reference towards like after the revelation happened yeah that mon mothma mon always suspected yeah so did she just suspect that vader i was think she broken? yeah i think she might have she must have figured out about anakin and padme having a relationship um it so subtle yeah right <laughs> and then um you know, obviously not have said anything because she's Bale's friend and not a jerk. Um, but I would imagine it would be kind of something that maybe after the fact she'd be like... And plus, she doesn't know that Lu- that Leia is, like, that that Leia is and Luke are related. So maybe after she fa- they found that they revealed that, they were kind of like... Oh yeah. Um. Hey, you might want to look into this lady. <laughs> yeah. So maybe sometime after Jedi, uh, Mon Mothma points Luke and Leia in that direction. Yeah. I. It. It kind of like I. I feel like maybe Shattered Empire. You know, had I'm a missed opportunity. Right <laughs> had a missed opportunity there. Uh, maybe she goes back to Naboo because you know she ha- feels something there. I don't know, but yeah, it's I. I definitely think that's one of those. Hey, we're going to tell another story here someday. That story needs to involve handmaidens. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like handmaidens <laughs> who figured out the truth like either right before or right after Padme's funeral, and we're like, oh shit, we gotta. Sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to swear. Um, you know, like. They knew that they had to keep a secret. Sabe knew it was up. That's why she went to Alderaan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm clinging to that part of Legends and no one can tell me otherwise. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think they're going to have to tell that story. I, I was so glad when they mentioned that she knew about Padme because that was that was another thing in, the, in Legends that was always annoying. And again, nothing that they could have really done bec- about it because they didn't know who Padme was. Um, and when they did deal with it, it was with this, it was a side story to Jedi bug sex. Yes. So yeah. Before that, wasn't there like a sideline in new Jedi order where there was someone claiming to be Luke and Leia's mom? No, that was the black, black fleet, fleet crisis. crisis. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to one of my favorite characters from the new yes! canon, Ransom Casterfo, who uh, um, is also Admiral Jello, uh, one yes. of our of Dyson Droids players. Casterfo is J. Jay. Jay is Casterfo. <laughs> yes. It really is true. It's ridiculous. That's not fair. <laughs> it isn't. Um, this guy um, was so such a great character. Um, I love- everything about him i i know like everything like i i don't know how she did it how she made him so damn sympathetic even when you know you're supposed to hate him even though he ruined leia's life in one second because he didn't stop to think and like maybe go talk to her first um and then afterwards he's throwing up in the trash bin and you're like oh you know you effed up good man (laughs) yeah I think the minute I knew I liked him was from not the scene in the Senate, but from the first one where they chat. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what the hell is this like imperial shrine you have going on? <laughs> and then she's like, oh, it's whatever. It's 
it's great. Like the empire was great. And she's like, excuse me. And he's like, uh, maybe the emperor wasn't great, but the empire and order. And she's just like, um, again, Castrofo is JJ's. <laughs> but it's, and then the scene where they try to like, what, where he tries to one up her with his pain. And she's like, yeah, Vader tortured me. And then watch, made me watch my planet blow up. Come yeah. at me. <laughs> well, not really like that, but yeah. <laughs> it's like all of that. I just, I was like, yep, I like him. And then he was a giant effing nerd by trying to save her. And I was like, great, we're good. Yeah, I'm scanning through my notes from the book to see um, what it was. Oh, like, I think it was one of the. um, It was one of the I think it was seen when they were on Bastatha. And like kind of they were like sniping at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, was I just called a spoiled brat by a princess? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And then like he, there's a there's a thing when Leia's thinking, was this guy born already 80 years old? <laughs> it's great. Like and his stupid capes. His stupid capes. Yeah. It- My favorite grandson moment was when he was um, trying on the imperial guards helmet uh-huh. and just the description of like how into it he was i was like wow this is like so relatable for like any like fandom <laughs> yes you know? like, wow yeah, really i can understand how you feel right now around some j yeah. <laughs> i i definitely um the scene for me i mean i had already started to like him a lot um but the scene that really tipped me over the edge was when he had the fight with the Amaxine warrior. And that was when I was kind of like, oh, shit, I like him a lot. And I think he's hot. Damn it. Yeah, that was really hot. <laughs> it was. Like, his, you like you expect him to just be kind of like, you know, Mr. Prim and Proper and, like, can't, you know, get his nails dirty. And then he just whips the guy's ass. And you realize why it's because he had to defend himself when he was a kid. And it's like, oh, man, really? Nancy, I also love that line. I think you texted me where you were like, is Ransom by? I can't yes. really tell because I love how casually he's like, yeah, I know what effect my charming smile has on everyone. I'm just that good. Yeah, um, I just I just scanned through it in my notes. Let me find it. I'm on team brands almost totally by. Oh, he, in case yeah. anyone's wondering. He is totally by. Um blah 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 blah. Where is it? How could he keep all that charm to just one gender? <laughs> There's at least four of them. Yeah. Yeah, right? Um oh, where is it? Come on, come on, come on. Oh, Ransom gave her his most winning smile. It was, he knew, a good one. Highly effective on most women and more than a few men. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is, is this when we should talk about how we don't ship but totally ship them? Yes, because we do. I don't ship them because Leia and Han are OTP. However, if if she was to be with someone else, like I could see it, and especially you know when she needs needs comfort as a widower. Yep. Yeah, I mean, her husband's dead. I mean, <laughs> well, he might Spoilers. be too. So yeah. I have a note because I may I may have flagged like twenty nine pages in this book, where <laughs> uh, this one I tagged it not shippy ship slash get it visually. Leia. <laughs> yeah, the, the part which she says about him being good to look at or something. Yeah. Also, wait. 
He was intelligent, cultured, and even witty. Also, he was young enough that she didn't have to worry about any misunderstandings of the romantic variety, but not so young that she had to feel guilty about appreciating the view. <laughs> oh, here's the line that the the line that um so he decided to kick the guy's ass just for the fun of it. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love that. So beautiful. Yeah, do we think um what do we think happened to Mr. Casterfo? I know a lot of I saw some people saying, I hope he's in episode eight. He's going to show up in episode eight. And I was thinking, like, did you read the entire book? Because they were anviling it at the end there. I think that he's probably went and got executed. And that tragic irony of him advocating to bring back the death penalty just twisted the knife. Um, And at this point, I'd like to point out, I'm feeling personally victimized with every single Star Wars book that Claudia Gray writes. (laughs) First Nash Windrider, now everything in this damn book. Yeah, there is no getting around um, that uh, bit of dramatic irony, is there? Oh, yeah. I mean, he even points it out. Yeah. I mean, I I think he's off to be executed. However... I think that if someone wanted to, they left the door open just enough that yeah. they could, someone could have pulled off a rescue. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see a rescue because then you know that he's the type of person who's so noble that he'd be like, no, but you know, this was my charge and everything. So it'd be cool to see that kind of conflict. I want to see. There may be a fanfic out there where uh, Han Solo saves him. I want to see Greer and Joff go and rescue him. Oh, Joff. <laughs> he tries so hard. Yeah, let's talk about Joff. So, so, so yeah, we're, we're, getting, we're getting long on. So we'll try to go through the rest of the characters a little quicker. But Joff is our puppy. With two moms. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or more, maybe more than two. I don't think they ever specify the number, but you know. True. Yay. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, I liked him. He was an X-Wing pilot. Yeah. What, two millimeters above regulation height? Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> he absolutely was a puppy. <laughs> He's cute. He is cute. And uh, I love how Greer handled him. I, yeah. I will say the one part of the audiobook I didn't like, uh, his voice in the audiobook no. was a little okay, really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> she, the part when he goes, Greer, you have blood burn? <laughs> he said it like that. And I was like, I can't take this seriously. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, Greer. I really Queen. liked her. Um. Have you guys read the short story from Insider? Not yet. I, I, it is fantastic. Yeah, I couldn't find it the last time I was out at the bookstore, but I definitely want to. I know, Nicole, you wrote something really good about um, Greer and how it the, the representation part of her. Yeah, I was just really impressed by how her chronic illness was um, portrayed throughout the book especially when it come when it came to her relationship with the other characters and how they weren't like they didn't treat her like she needed to be like a porcelain doll on a pedestal and could break at any time like they knew it was serious but they you know especially Leia obviously still like gave Greer the authority to choose you know what mission to go on you know how hard to push herself and stuff like that yeah um, um like, yeah go ahead 
Um, and so like Leia and Greer, I love, so I love the relationship between the two of them and also Greer and Han because it reminds me of um, Brea and Yvonne in the Princess Leia comics. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's such like, you know, I love that Greer and Leia are kind of like honoring, you know, the whole mentorship thing with the Organas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I just, when I started reading, I was like, who's Greer? Like, her, she, I don't like her name. It's it's a little ugly. It's not as pretty as Grace <laughs> or Carice. Yeah, I don't like her, that, that name either. And then by the end, um, I was texting Bria, who'd already finished, and I was like, tell me Greer lives. Come on. <laughs> okay, I just want to point out, this is one character that I finally decided I want to costume as, and she did not die at the end of the book. <laughs> I'm really her proud of that. Did. Yeah, I'm glad that she went and joined the resistance at the end, even though yeah. it probably isn't good for her. But mm-hmm. um, her choice. Yeah, and then we got Corey, who we talked about a little bit before. I liked having some more information about her, even though she's very young in this book. And I hope they continue to develop her because precious baby. Yeah, how can you not like her? Precious baby. And now I'm going to sit back and mute my microphone and let Bria talk about the bitch Lady Carice. Okay. I, I believe that's Trash Princess Lady Carice. Trash Carice, Princess Carice okay. Yes. <laughs> I hate this woman. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is where the alcohol is finally kicking in. <laughs> Perfect timing. I know, right? So I hated Carice at first. I really, really did, which is basically just a metaphor for my entire existence for the first for the first order. But I also kind of like her <laughs> because, yeah, she was terrible and she never, ever, ever should have opened that box and she never, ever, ever should have made Ransom do it. Yeah. But I also respect it. Like, I she's a really she's a really. She's a really great antagonist. Um, yes. I hate her, but you're supposed to. Yes. Um, and her comeuppance was amazing. It was. And I also kind of love her. And I love that Claudia Gray made her Asian. Mm-hmm. Not because, not like necessarily that I want the bad guys or the antagonist to be Asian, but because when I was reading it, I thought it, that's what it was, but I wasn't sure. And then she confirmed it with her like Pinterest fan casting board. I got really, really excited. And I also like may have squeed a little bit when she talked about Brendel Hux at one point. Yeah. In- <laughs> yeah. I think I flagged that page too. Um, I don't know. Like she's just, I like that she's not complicated. Like she wants what she wants. And part of what she wants is to be pretty and have a title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she also is like, yeah, first order. Okay. And she does a pretty damn good job of manipulating a lot of the situations and i can respect that while hating her for using bail organa against leia oh god yeah but i also like <laughs> have a love-hate relationship with her and it's very complicated and it will probably never be solved for another couple of months until i cosplay as her she's so slytherin <laughs> yeah i love it I love that there are so many women in the movie in this book. And I love that Star Wars has so many more female antagonists now. Yes. You know, we've got Ray Sloan, who is I'm hesitant to call her an antagonist, even though she's on that side. Um, 
but just she's so well developed. And then we've got like, you know, this book, which we have both Carice, who is like the behind the scenes villain, and then Hydrasian, who is like the villain villain. <laughs> um and, and I, none of them felt like stereotypes. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like we've said this, you know, we harp on representation all the time. And, you know, the fact but the point is is when when women when there's one woman in a book or a show or whatever, she has to be everything to everyone. And if she does something like die of a broken heart, everyone piles on that because that's all you have. When you have multiple women in your story, you've got someone like Leia, who is badass and awesome. And you've got someone like Lady Carice, who is completely manipulative and she likes pretty things and titles you know you can appreciate all the differences with them like you can do with the male characters yep and she wasn't the only asian character in the book which i also almost fell out of my chair when we got that confirmed by claudia gray yeah thailand gar who's from space japan (laughs) yes apparently (laughs) um Nicole, did you want to add anything about Lady Carice before we move on? No, I just love her. I love love how shallow she is because I I just love the, um, like, the potential that, you know, when you get a character like that who's just super shallow, you know, they can go one way and it's all dependent on the choices they make. And she's just straight up evil and petty and I love her. The end. It's just in House Organa Shop. We love Lady Carice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, far as, as far as Lady Carice goes, I'm going to say something that sounds terrible, but is actually a big compliment. Uh, she's oh. a lot like Borsk Failia for me. I love oh. to hate her. Oh. No, in that I, I love to hate her. Yeah. Ryan! She's so much prettier, though. She, well, yeah, that's I a mean, low bar to clear. Yeah. I mean, Borsk does have very nice fur. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I will. Yeah, I I agree. She's definitely one of those villains you love to hate. So good job on that. And then we've got Leia's senator friends, uh, Tylen Gar and Vickley Varish. And Vickley, I thought was a delight. (laughs) And I loved her parties and I want to be invited to one of them. Mm You should throw them over here. You should. I love when they go to the... um, when they go to the breakfast meeting and she's like, for breakfast, Vickley? <laughs> and she's like, well, this is what I'm going to be thought of. I'm not going to complain. And it was like the other side of Lady Carice. Yes. We should throw a Vickley party at uh, Dragon Con this year. It's way too too fancy for Dragon Con. Yes. <laughs> also, I really don't want to risk, you know, a napkin bombing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and Tylen, oh God, Tylen, you did not deserve that. I'm really sorry. He deserved so much better. He deserved so much better. Freaking Hadrassian shooting him. <laughs> what a jerk. And then, uh, speaking of Hadrassian, what a jerk. <laughs> but well, what it, a well-written jerk. Yeah, but again, I liked that, you know, is she's a female character. And I, I, I think Bloodline actually is one of the first Star Wars books, maybe the first Star Wars book that has more female characters and male female characters in it. Get it! A plus. We're taking over. Deal with it. By taking over, like, you know, the first Star Wars book. Yeah, we're just, we're just, we're equal now. So we're taking, taking what over. is ours with fire and blood. <laughs> um, And he's not very present in this book, but I would, 
be remiss if I did not mention our our good old what a man Han Solo. Because so, I really love the way Claudia Gray wrote him. I really liked the way she wrote his relationship with Leia. And it was so mature, um, even though they still bicker. And um, he's such a good guy. And like I, I love old man Han way better than young man Han. Because I think old man Han is just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, just forget those Senate people of yours and come over here and let me comfort you and <laughs> screw them. <laughs> and drops everything to go save his wife. Yep. Even though he knows that she can handle herself. Yes, that's the best part of it. Yep. My favorite Han reference was the part at the, the start where Leia was thinking about the night they probably conceived Ben. Yes. And I just laughed hysterically for a solid minute. Yes. I spend a lot of my meetings at work daydreaming about Han Solo, and I'm glad that now <laughs> it's something I can relate to if I <laughs> Yeah, that might have been a little bit over the top. That's where I could I could definitely tell Claudia Gray's shipper tendencies, but it was Respect. cute. It was cute. I, I'd do it too if I if I wrote a Star Wars book, so um so yeah, I, I I loved the scene where he came and rescued her. Um and you know, the the fact that he and Leia are able to stay apart and still have such a good relationship. I've seen so many Han and Leia fans get really angry about the treatment of them in The Force Awakens and <sighs> in the ca- new canon, and I'm just like, but their relationship isn't bad. It's their relationship. Like, stop judging everything based on what you, yeah, what you like. Han and Leia have a different relationship than what I, I. I I'm hesitant to use the word normal, but we'll just use that in this context. What people regard as a quote unquote normal relationship, but clearly the way this relationship works or is set up works for them. It works well for them, and they're deeply in love with each other. Yeah. It yeah. makes me think of uh, Kel and Tyria. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Also, talking about Han, I really like, we didn't get tons of it, but I like his relationship with Greer. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, almost like a mentorship. Yeah. Slash and, friendship. Yeah, and I'm glad that, you know, there was another younger female character that he mentored like it was very similar to ray and i you know again it contributes to like you know this whole idea of good guy han solo and that he just respects everyone who regardless of you know what gender they are what species they are you know han, han is kind of the wolverine of this universe I was just, just gonna say that, picking, up these, picking up these wayward young adults everywhere <laughs> these wayward make that joke <laughs> wayward desert children <laughs> han solo's home for wayward desert children pilots. <laughs> uh, yes all right um so we're going to mention the elephant in the room which is we see none of luke or ben during this book they are mentioned several times and conveniently they are incommunicado the entire book, which plot-wise is just a way for Claudia Gray not to have to deal with them because obviously they're going to tell their story later. But um, I spent most of the book when I wasn't flailing about what was happening, thinking, oh my God, what the hell is going on with Luke and Ben? 
and I want to know what she said to him and I want to know how he reacted and I want to know how Luke dealt with it. And if we do not get a companion book to this at some point in time, I'm going to write a very strongly worded letter <laughs> to the to the necessary parties. Okay. And then very strongly written fanfic. I and well that's that was the second part because that won't that won't work. So I'll just go and write my fanfic. I'll write a strongly worded letter that I don't send, and then I'll write fanfic. <laughs> I think I died like the first time they mentioned Ben, and it was clear he was on still on the light side of the forest. Yes. I screamed a little. Because I don't think any of us expected him to still be no. light side at this point. We all figured he was like a teenager. Yeah. It, and the fact that he isn't, I'm just like, what happened? Just maybe. It, it throws off a lot of headcanons. And it, it really makes me wonder, okay, so really why the hell was Ray sent to Jakku if it had nothing to do with Kylo and yeah. the galaxy was at peace. They better have a good explanation for that. <laughs> Poor girl. God. That and I mean, again, I'm still cool mode of still murder with Kylo. Don't get me wrong. However, my heart broke into a hundred thousand pieces when I realized that he's going to find out about being Vader's grandson from the Holonet. It's terrible. It like, is so terrible. I just wanted, I almost like put the book down and cried. And I mean, I didn't because I'm me. <laughs> but the, the sentiment was there because I was like, you poor, poor kid. Like, at least Luke, like at least when Luke and Leia found out. Yeah. They had each kept, other. Yeah. They had each other and people kept it from them. But also all those people were dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas, and they were doing it, you know, they're also keeping it for their own safety. Whereas with Ben, it's not for his safety because people aren't, like the Emperor and the Emperor Invader are gone. They're not trying to kill him. But they just kept it because maybe the, the responsibility and the legacy is too much. They didn't want to have to burden him with it. I mean... I can't even imagine what went through his head. Do Do you wonder if Luke and Leia had arguments over whether or not yes. they should tell yes. Ben? Yes, I think they had so many arguments about it. And Especially, Leia was totally against it. And Luke was totally for it. And he was like, <laughs> she needs, he needs to know about this. It's He's going to find out, you know, there's never going to be a good time to tell him this. You need to tell him before you we start teaching him how to use the force. And of course, Leia's going to be like, well, what if I don't want him to learn? And going to be like, well, he has to learn and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Ugh, and you can see that both of them are right. That's what's so sad about it. Yeah. And then there's Han. <laughs> like, how would he feel about it? Backing away with his hands up because he knows that yeah. he's going to get in the middle of a Skywalker twin argument. He goes and hangs out with Chewie. Yeah. Like, I have spaceships. I loved on. the part when Leia was saying how, you know, Han was the only person who knew and he didn't even she didn't even know if he had told Chewie which just like a it's a com it's a comment on how close Han and Chewie are yeah and then like on how secret they kept this some serious shit right there I do think he told Chewie and I think Chewie never said a word of it to anyone because he is yeah. a loyal Wookiee Yep. I also love that Chewie sent Leia a message after the Senate broadcast yes! and offered to assault the person who did this. <laughs> I love Chewie. 
That was great. So, so do, do you need me to uh, rip out Castrofo's arms? I can yeah. do that for you. I can totally do that for you. And then she got a thing from Lando, too, which was oh. nice, you know. And then Cat freaking Ransom went, well, it's not my fault you didn't tell your son. And I was just like, you little shit. But he's also right. Cause I know, but come on! He's just angry he doesn't have parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, get over it, Ransel. <laughs> a lot of people have dead parents in Star Wars. He could have been Batman, but no. Instead, he just rats Leia out. Yeah. They both have cool capes, okay? <laughs> but yeah, I definitely want to know what, what was up with that. And I want to know what Leia told him. Because, like... How do you, how do you, what do you even say? Like, by I'm the sorry. yeah, by the way, uh, you're gonna hear something on the holiday that's really terrible, and I'm really sorry. And like, I also wonder, like, did she ever see Ben after this? Like, oh God, mm. oh Nancy, no. Sorry. <laughs> oh. I'm thinking that if they did, it was not a good time, and that might have been the last time, or I don't know. Well, okay, Han's line in TFA, I saw him, Leia, I saw our son. He has to know, like, what Kylo's, like, costume looks like. Yeah. And I don't think it's something widely, like, publicized on the Hollow Net or, you know, <laughs> by the First yeah. Order or anything like that. So, yeah. I mean, there has to be a reason why he would see this giant guy carrying off Ray and be like, oh, that's my child. He's yeah. masked, but that's my son. I mean, alternatively... He had the Vader thing going on. <laughs> I mean, Han might not be the sharpest tool in the toolkit, but I think even Han is smart enough to go, oh. Put two and two together. Crap. Yeah, I I don't, I, I kind of feel like they they saw him as Kylo or they knew about the Kylo thing um, beforehand. I don't know. It's just kind of what I'm leaning towards, but it's just a total guess there. I agree. I think they had to have seen him because, you know, Han was so quick to say he's gone. Like, he, I feel like they had to witness him doing something terrible as Kylo yeah. for Han to, like, I mean, he's Han Solo. I mean, he doesn't give up on people, not mm -hmm. even, like, his own, to give up on his own child. Like, what happened? What did he witness with yeah. his own eyes? Counterpoint. There was a line in either the adult novelization, the junior one, where when they're on the bridge in that terrible scene <laughs> and Kyla takes his helmet off and Han has some mental line about seeing the face of his son as a man for the first time. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's not so much that Han saw him. I could see Leia seeing him. Yeah. But they've but also I've, I've also seen people discussing it on Twitter as it like kind of it not necessarily being a actual age thing but more of like a mental thing like him not recognizing his son anymore mm -hmm. like i don't know but he it's went down a path that han couldn't follow yeah, seriously that just makes it even worse when you think about like ben like becoming kylo and Ugh. seeming like a scared little kid Ugh. and then i like it, it breaks my heart because you know luke is there the whole time like God. Going, no, 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 don't do this. Meanwhile, R2's there going, throwing up his little whatever gadgets going, God damn it, not another one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought we were out of the woods. 
Damn it. <sighs> um, yeah. I was going to say something and I forgot it was. Damn it. It's Kylo Ren's fault. <laughs> um, also, Leia forming the resistance was badass. Um, that line at the end. Yes. Beautiful. Very beautiful. And um, I love all the people that she like got to come with her. And again, one of the like going on the how Claudia Gray puts together a plot there was a one scene when Joff was in the hangar and they were all kind of like bantering back and forth. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, that's a cute scene, but it doesn't really advance the plot at all. Um, and then at the end you have them all there and he brought some people from the, you know, that were there in the hangar. And I'm like, ah, okay, there you go. That, I like it. Including Snap Wexley, who apparently yeah. fought at the Battle of Jakku. And now I'm very, 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 very concerned. Yes. Chuck Wendig. <laughs> also, Wedge and Tycho were totally there. They just weren't name dropped in that epilogue. Yes. Yeah, we know. They were off somewhere else. They were. They, they were, were along with Winter. They were recruiting other people. Yes. Their assistance. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else we want to discuss about Bloodline before we oh God. put an end to our fair show? I think uh, my skull is melting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when um, when the napkin bombing happened and um, Greer and Corey found Leia and Leia was it, they thought that she'd been crying, yeah. and then Leia said, "I was so worried about you girls." Oh, I know. Like, oh my god, I just love I love Leia a lot, you guys. She's amazing. Yeah. She's so Nancy, great. Nancy, I'm surprised you didn't bring up the line about. Um, from Leia about being alone, but she wasn't alone in the womb because Luke was there. Oh God! Yes, I tweeted that the other night when she had when she had to go in the back judge. Now I have to find it because it's oh my God, yeah. knife but, me through the freaking heart. Um, related to that though, Colonia is my new favorite. Oh my God, like, I love her. I love her, her so much. Her lack of f's to give when it comes to like. <laughs> her patient she's just like I mean, she cares about them and she's kind of like okay that's nice we're now gonna do the medically right thing Greer <laughs> Leia yeah okay here we go it's um maybe this was it uh blah, blah, blah. but the tranquil the tranquilizing pull of the drugs was stronger than gravity Leia felt as if she was dr she were drifting into a realm without pain without fear maybe this was what it was like to be in the womb I wasn't alone there though Luke was with me where's Luke God damn you. <laughs> oh, my heart. And I'm wondering if she put that line in there because when she was writing this, the whole thing was like, where's Luke? You know, what's going yeah. on with Luke? And it's, yeah. Oh, that, like, anything involving them being twins and, like, their whole family bond is just terrible and awful yep. and wonderful all at the same time. And, like, I love, I love the part also where he, where Leia said, like, Luke had said like her strength in the force was her intuition and like the ways she senses people and stuff. And I'm like, yes, so yeah. true. I'm taking that as she's very, very good at being able to tell when people are lying to her. Yes, mm -hmm. she is. Kylo never got away with anything. Nope. <laughs> nope. And that's why he turned to the dark side. <laughs> Blame his two moms, Leia and Winter. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Winter was there too. Mm-hmm. At the yep. end. Here's your first Yeah. <laughs> all right. Any last thoughts? Uh, this book was all my feelings from Razor's Edge and Kenobi and The Force Awakens mashed into one, <laughs> which That's is a basically lot a lot of sobbing about Leia. It's a lot of feelings. And I loved every minute of it. It hurt, but it was a good hurt. Yeah. Nicole? Same. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that Del Rey has, um, like, appreciated Claudia Gray as much as the fan base has. Yes. I hope she writes more books. Mm-hmm. She like, must. I, re- I mean... I really like that they are... Um, there's a lot of diversity as far as the authors go. I like that they're using different authors because I think having everything written by the same one or two or three authors is not, not good. But that said, I, I do hope they come back to Claudia Gray later on because she's obviously knows this universe extremely well and is really good at it. They must. I mean, her two books have been the two yeah. most well-received books by the entirety of fandom. Yes. They have to come back to her. Someone has to. They're actually, actually, probably, Delray's probably in, like, the middle of a duel to the death <laughs> over who gets to have her write a book yeah. next. I know, like, because I, so many people have been asking for a Lost Star sequel. And, I mean, I'm sure she'd do it if yeah. she got the chance. Oh, totally. I personally want um, the Luke and Ben book um, that's inevitable. I want I want Jason Fry to write it. So that's mm-hmm. my. You would. Throwing. I love him, and he writes Luke really well, <laughs> <laughs> which apparently is really hard to do. <laughs> okay, Brian. Any last thoughts? Except you think your brain is melt, your skull is melting. Greer's my home girl. That is all. All right, House Organa, make a shirt. Career Career is my home girl. Yeah. I'll Uh, add it to the list. All righty. So thank you to Bria and Nick for coming on our book club and talking all about Leia. Um, Can you let us know where we can find you guys on the internets? I'll let Nicole go first. Okay. um, On Twitter, I'm Nicole Sia. That's spelled N-I-C-O-L-E. C-I-E-U-X and my domain is minusforever.net and I'm trying to update twice a month. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Better than my personal blog. <laughs> <laughs> and Bria? Well, you can find both of us at House Organa Shop, which is yes. houseorganashop.tk, right, Nick? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then for me, you can find me at Twitter um, at chaosbria, and you can also find me at chaosbria.com. And then, as always, you can find me uh, at White Hot Room, which is a geek fashion blog, and then on Tashi Station, where I write delightful pieces why why Brodre should be in Rebels. You mean Brojace? Yes, him too. <laughs> All you're, right. you're welcome for the plug, Rogue Podron. Yes. <laughs> All right. So this episode of the Tashi Station Book Club has been brought to you in part by Herney Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Please click the link on our blogs to help us support the show. 
You can find us on Twitter with the handles at Tashi underscore station, at Nancy Pants, that's Nancy with an I, and at Lane Winry, that's L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. Facebook, we are the Tashi Station Network. You can subscribe to our shows on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave a review. It helps us grow the show. You can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net and our book club discussions over on Goodreads. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next month to discuss our June pick, which is The Cold Between by Elizabeth Bone Seal. It's, I've started reading it. It's so far A-plus science fiction with bonus sexy times. So come and join us for June. I've got the sexy saxophone music ready for next month. <laughs>